Good morning. It is Monday, April 6th, 7.41 a.m. I hope you all had a good week. I know I did. It's been pretty busy uh, just making stuff. Uh, I've pretty low on vintage clothes items to sell. I'm almost sold out. I have a few dresses that may do something for me, but I'm going to paste them out. And then I have a big box from Iowa that Linda is sending me. And that's should be arriving today, so that, that might last me a week or so. And then I've got a ton of books from Andrew that I'm filtering in, but... I've got to ration everything out, so it's it's pretty interesting. I don't mind, though. It's forcing me to be more productive and creative, and I'm super grateful that the things I'm making are actually selling, so that feels really good. I do feel, I feel somewhat guilty that I haven't made 70 masks yet. But I also, I have to sew and make things for my livelihood. So there's, you know, there's that factor. But um, hopefully when I get some more stock in, I can contribute some masks as well. I live pretty close to a hospital about maybe 15 blocks away. So I could find a way to get them over there, I think. Not sure how it works, but I know that I will I will learn that as soon as it's time to learn. There's just so much stuff going on in my house and it's just me and Lavinia, so it's it's really funny. <laughs> um she has been eating so much more. It's I think because I'm here all day long for her to summon me. She's just constantly summoning me for food and I don't tell her no. Um, so yeah, that, that part is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, she has me on a routine as well. So yeah, that's, that's the, the, uh, long and short of what my week has been like. Um, I only went outside the house twice and it was all on the same day. I, went and got some packing tape from the dollar store and then I realized I was out of a certain type of box and so I had to step back out and go to the post office and pick those up and I put on my rubber gloves I have these chemical handling gloves and two bandanas and for some reason a hat makes me feel more secure I don't know why so I have this green bowler hat that I wear. It's kind of a malachite, maybe not malachite, but just a very, um, a dusty green (laughs) colored hat. And for some reason, it just makes me feel safer. I think about, you know, how they're saying wear the fabric masks, even though bacteria can still get in 
wear them as a precaution and it messes with me a little bit I put a piece of interfacing or two folded over inside my bandana mask um, and it's from a 50s wedding dress it's very thick kind of like a buckram type thing so I think that is similar to a filter as close as, to a filter as I can get but having everything on the the thick gloves the hat and the bandana mask they I think there's a psychology to it 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 does help me feel safer in some strange way kind of like Dumbo's feather in a way but I'm always so relieved to get back in my house and I feel safe there so it's feelings of isolation or loneliness haven't really come to me I've been I've felt isolated before in my life and I've felt lonely before and for some reason I'm just not feeling that right now um it's the feelings that come up are just peace and safety so I'm really grateful to be in that particular place right now in my life um there are some things that I miss from the outside I miss sushi really bad and I miss um I miss my Peking duck which those two things I would try to have at least once a week and then pho you know um I just can't make pho the way they do at the at the place in the excelsior um and so I just forget about it um but yeah and I also I miss having Manhattans those that is my favorite cocktail and I didn't have them every week but when I did have them I would always have two and it was always with a friend or on a date and I just really enjoyed that ritual of you know having a nice cocktail and enjoying some pleasant conversation and just relaxing that that part is that's something I miss pretty bad um the last time I had Manhattans was at John's Grill here in San Francisco downtown so off the Powell Street bar you make a right and I was there on a date um it the date was passed pleasantly enough he's a he's a nice person um I ordered a New York steak, medium rare, and, you know, it comes with a baked potato, and we had the Roquefort salad with a little tiny shrimp, and I had two Manhattans there, and it was really nice. I had a really good time, and that was right before... I started to shelter in place so yeah almost a month ago and that was the last time I had one I'm like, eh. um I haven't really been interested in <laughs> trying to connect with dates or anything like that 
being on Tinder is just silly, you know? Um, it's really funny. Uh, some people coming out of the woodwork to, to contact, um, I don't know if I'm going to see this person again that I, that I went out with. I just, you know, when you know, you know, and I don't think that I will. Um, we have texted a, a little bit. A few days ago, he asked for my Instagram, and then I just didn't respond. Um, I just don't feel like giving my Instagram to some dude. I know, so I was like, well, maybe you're not that interested in him. You know what I mean? If it goes there, um, it Instagram is so strange because I'm on it so much for work, and then you know I have my personal Instagram. But, but men are so, so weird. They, they will, they'll stalk your Instagram and it takes me a minute to figure it out. And then, and then I just feel really exposed for some reason, even though it's just, you know, pictures of my cat, a selfie, you know, a picture of a license plate that I thought was amusing. It's still, it's still a little bit off-putting to me. One time, I don't even know. This person might still be cyber stalking me. Um, but for some reason, there's this guy that follows me on Instagram. I have no idea who he is. And he slid into my DMs. And he said, Hi, Michelle. I'm in town for work. And I saw that you're on Tinder. <laughs> and I did not respond to him because... First of all, you're referring, I think you're referring to me by my name. We've never been introduced. And I don't know who the hell you are. Good luck, son. That part was really funny to me. I was like, uh, okay, you noticed I'm on Tinder. Obviously, I didn't, you know, select you as an option to date. So there's that. And now I'm supposed to confirm that I'm on Tinder. Or, I just thought it was very strange. It it was untoward of him. And surprisingly, he's still following me on Instagram. It's just so funny. It's, menfolk are strange, you know. They're, they're, sometimes I'm like, wow, it must be really easy to be a man. I mean, <laughs> you have all this privilege and entitlement just thrown your way. As soon as you're born, you come out and you're just, here I am. Um, but other times it's just nice to be a woman. Usually it just feels good. Um, little things, the women's intuition, um, little, little rituals of self-care. I feel, I think a lot of men miss out on that. Uh, yesterday I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, girl, you need some lipstick. I know you're not going anywhere, but just put some on. So I did, and then I put on some perfume, which I don't normally wear unless I'm, because, I mean, I don't wear it to the thrift store, um, but I don't wear it unless I'm going out or something like that. Um, and I'll, I'll wear it if I'm going downtown shopping, but not, but not just like to a rag bin or something, because that's, it's off-putting to wear perfume to a rag bin. Um, I've 
I've smelt when people do that and it's very strange. Um, so yeah, I put on a little perfume and then I put my earrings on, which I never, I never wear unless I leave the house. And, and before I would go out normally, just like step out of the house to do anything, I, I put on lipstick, perfume and, and my earrings. And that's, that's my little thing that I do. So I did that yesterday before I started sewing and I was like, wow, that feels good. That, that feels good. I'm going to, I'm just going to do that anyway. Um, even if it's just me and Lavinia here. Um, but that's part of, I think being a woman is noticing those little, little things that make up your, your toilette is <laughs> just a very, that's the tip of the iceberg for what it's like to, to, um, one of the fun things about being a woman. It's a very, very small part of it. So for those who are listening that aren't women, that's not all there is to it. So don't even think you got us figured out. That's just one little, one little thing you may never understand. I will say this though. Sometimes I think everyone should wear lipstick. Men, women, children, everybody, you know, gender non-binary every single person, every human, everyone who has lips should wear them. Wear it because it does give you the boost. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things that I have been really engrossed in as usual, it's kind of my go-to while I'm sewing is Royal family documentaries. There's at least 50,000 of them on YouTube. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I, my the YouTube just like crapped out. There's it's been so overloaded that it that I it just like stopped in the middle of this one I was watching about the Tudors, the other night. But there's this other one that I watched, and I actually have a book about her, which I hadn't started in on yet. And it is about Princess Andrew of Greece. And I'm just going to nutshell it a little bit here for you. But she was the mother of Prince Philip. And she converted to Greek Orthodox Church. Wherein, when she married into the Greek dynasty, you know, you make some concession towards the Orthodoxy. But you don't go ham like she did. She, she really immersed herself in the church. And she reached a level of fanaticism that could probably com be compared to, to a Catholic mystic or something. Uh, she, she started wearing a, a nun's kind of a like a nun's habit. And this kind of coincided with with her separation and her and her from her husband and her her marital the marital problems which just were not discussed or talked about in her in that level of royal society. Her husband cheated on her all the time. And he was kind of a playboy. And I think that's kind of what caused my personal, you know, 
analysis because that's kind of what caused her to um to immerse herself further in the church she was also i should have made a a bigger i should have mentioned this earlier she was also deaf and she was quite intelligent she she learned to read lips in three different languages which that blows my mind and she was able to speak clearly so she was someone who was very very accomplished a a very good communicator and also very well educated and well read for a woman of her time you know there was a lot of potential for even though she was deaf for diplomatic opportunities I think um, where she could have really excelled um what ended up happening is, I think she had five, five children, five or six children, six children. Philip was the baby. He was born in 1921. And she began to get more isolated in the society, from the society that she was a part of, partially because of her deafness. And she ended up, her internal world ended up expanding more. So combined with, compounded by the externals of her husband neglecting her and cheating on her and having a somewhat cloistered life anyway in, in, you know, castle living. And then being so immersed in the Greek Orthodox Church, she kind of took a turn. And her first her first thing was that she thought that Jesus was her boyfriend and that she was having an affair with him. And she started she would just describe in normal, you know, like let's say at, at a royal tea or something, she would just start describing her sexual encounters with Jesus Christ. Um, And she would go into great detail. So what they did was they had her committed to a sanatorium, which is like a fancy mental institution. And she discharged herself. This happened a few times. She discharged herself both several times. Um, It was really hurtful. Of course, because she felt her family really turned her back on her. It was her family who committed her. And she would always return to Greece. And then eventually she went to just live the convent life fully. Um, And she didn't really return to, to royal society until Prince Philip married Queen Elizabeth and she showed up at the wedding in a full length nun's habit the cape was a floor length plain like dramatic cape it's kind of like a nun a nun habit nun a a floral 
a formal nun's habit. So it, so that in and of itself was super, you know, it looked, I saw the film footage of it. She looked very spooky and very elegant, just kind of gliding down the aisle in this floor length habit. And she was buried, I think she died in the 60s. She was buried at the Mount of Olives, which apparently is where Jesus is supposed to come back, which I thought was really interesting. So in in her choosing to and being granted burial at the Mount of Olives, that was a huge, huge, huge flex. When people are like, oh, weird flex, but okay, this takes that to the next level. Because even though it may not be significant to her family members or most of the world, the people in her community, that was a huge show of her power and influence and her spiritual clout. So to me, I thought that was very amusing. She also helped a lot of people. She started schools and soup kitchens and other such like charitable organizations all over Greece that are still running today. And she has a lot of respect and admiration of, of the Greek people who have, you know, who, who the people that benefited from her services. So she wasn't just sitting in a little cell somewhere, you know, kissing Jesus. She, she, when she wasn't doing that, she was doing a lot of good for the world hands-on. So I, I was really fascinated by her. Uh, and I, and when YouTube cranks back up again, I want to watch more documentaries about her and I'm glad I have the book about her too. So that's, that's what's been consuming me. I also, I watched, it's called Hitler on Drugs, and you can watch that through the library's streaming channel, Hoopla Digital. And, and I've seen this documentary before, but to me, it's just fascinating because it talks about all the, all the hard drugs that were being manufactured, all the different types of amphetamines and opiates that were being manufactured and not only were they being given to Hitler, but they were also be giving, being given to the, uh, to the German soldiers and the Nazis during World War II. And there's so many, there's so many pictures and there's footage uh, when they're explaining, when they're explaining the, um, the drug use of Hitler himself and his, in the way he looks, you can tell he is on drugs. He is completely effed up out of his mind and it makes sense. And then they talk about the, the doctor who is of course kind of a quack who basically just followed Hitler around all the time and, and shot him up. He, he was an IV drug user. Anyway, to me, those are the things that have been, um, you know, that I've been entertaining myself with and occupying my mind with as I've been sewing. And I've, of course, been cooking quite a lot. 
one of the things that I miss is going out and getting chocolate every day. I, you know, back in the old days, I used to go out and get a little piece of chocolate for myself and usually a nice piece of dark chocolate. And then that would be my thing. I can't have, you know, I can't just have a bag of, of Reese's pieces or, you know, of little chocolates or any kind of candy in my house because I'll just eat it all really fast. And so that's why I would go out each day and just get one, you know, enough for like one little serving or something. So it was one of my rituals. But I was craving chocolate so bad. I, the last time I went grocery shopping, I stocked up on pudding mix and brownie mix and I made myself some chocolate pudding and it was delicious and I put cacao nibs all over it and then I crumbled up these little chocolate cookie wafers and it was so it was kind of a corny dessert but it really hit the chocolate nail on the head and then I also made the brownies not in the same day (laughs) but throughout the week and the brownies are very sweet. It's like a Ghirardelli, like dark chocolate brownie thing. It was good, but it was sweet. So I, um, sprinkled a little bit of sea salt on it before I ate it. But I think that I've actually had my fill of chocolate for a while. I just missed having that, that nice dark chocolate and I'll, I'll still eat a ton of cacao nibs throughout the day because Cacao nibs will give me that chocolate fix without the other stuff that comes with chocolate. So, yeah, I guess I miss consuming, you know, buying the chocolate, my little ritual of buying chocolate, and also of having my Manhattans. And I do miss my friends, but there is still so much work to do in order to keep everything going and to keep the shop going that I'm well occupied. So I'm going to get back to that. I'm gonna drop everything off at the post office now. And then I'll get back to sewing. But I hope that you guys have a great week. Hang in there, we are gonna get through this. Stay inside as much as you can. I know that you all are. I have a feeling that everyone that listens to this is doing a great job. So keep up the good work and have a great day. Bye-bye.